0: Good evening, and welcome to the CASA update for the week of 8-15-2017. My name is Jan Johnson. I'm a board member of CASA, and with me is Alex Clark, the executive director of CASA. Good evening, Alex. What's new and exciting this week?
1: Man, all kinds <laughs> of stuff is new and exciting <laughs> every week. Yeah. Not, not necessarily in vaping, but, um, you know, man, what a day. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All so, right.
1: yeah, you know, I had a plan as to something I wanted to start with, and then um, some other news was made. So um, <laughs> I, I I, desperately want to sort of tie into that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so if you've been watching the news at all today, anywhere on the planet, then you know that uh, America's president, Donald Trump, has said some very stupid things <laughs> to... <clears throat> I guess, put it frankly, um, and, and in a very obnoxious way, um, I don't know if you watched the press conference, um, that was supposed to be about infrastructure, uh, but ended up talking about Charlottesville and defending white supremacists, uh, somehow. So, um, so yeah. And immediately, of course, us being a tobacco harm reduction organization, and we're not going to talk about, you know, our our president and his comments at, at length, you can turn to the commercial media outlets for um, commentary ad nauseum, if you'd like. Um, but uh, I, I did, I was sort of immediately reminded about a conversation about the Nazis and tobacco control.
0: <laughs> All right. This is and
1: so I did a little bit of, you know, poking around and I actually found a bit of a collection of, um, I guess this conversation must have hit kind of a fever pitch around 2008, okay. um, probably in advance of passing the Tobacco Control Act and mm-hmm. um, Tobacco Control folks really ramping up efforts to enact place bans and taxes and other coercive measures to get people to stop using cigarettes. Um, okay. And there was a lot of sort of defense almost of the Nazis' uh, tobacco control and Mm -hmm. a little bit of also debunking. Um, First of all, I think, you know, anybody who's, you know, again, poked around in tobacco control history um, knows that Adolf Hitler was really not a big fan of cigarettes. Um, And uh, apparently at some point he, there's some story, I guess he told about, um being very committed to you know public health when he made the decision to um quit smoking and he threw his cigarettes into a river um mm-hmm. and uh so you know uh sorry uh, Adolf Hitler became you know a, a, a very vehement anti-smoker um mm-hmm and the Nazis also started drawing the links between smoking and lung cancer very early on, um, in the, th- in the thirties actually. Um, so, uh, you know, there was, there was already that evidence. Um, and, uh, they decided that, that it should be promoted as a, as a public health policy. Um, but, uh, they were not, apparently you know the the arguments that people like stanton Glantz and some others were making um in debunking this whole tobacco control is just fascism um -hmm. they were saying that like okay yeah the nazis were anti-smoking but they didn't really enforce the no smoking policy very strictly in fact you know certain members of the community or was, you know, at the Nazi party or whatever would be sort of rewarded by being given tobacco or cigarettes or whatever. So, um, and, you know, I mean, you know, I guess you get, you know, in sort of that, that totalitarian regime kind of thing. Um, there are pockets of dissent, you know, people who don't really buy into your crazy ideology and, and they just sort of do whatever they want anyway. Right. Um, you know, so uh, it's, it's kind of a weird example. It's not, it's not a good example. It's not a bad example. It's just kind of a weird example of, um, you know, an extreme case of tobacco control, um, you know, using the Nazis. Um, but there's a, that is a pretty obvious tie in to, um, events that have happened over the past, what now, four or five days. Right. Um, in. in um, you know the it's, it, it, it's kind of funny, I, I guess. I, I don't really know like where these people get their whole. I, I don't want to oversimplify it and just say, oh, it's a bunch of hatred and all this stuff, but um, you know, it, there's this notion of there, there is a weird notion of freedom and and taking America back for what America is supposed to be and all this stuff, and and I just that doesn't really line up. I mean, just just looking at you know, this kind of tobacco control angle of things. It's mm-hmm. coercive. There is prohibition. There is, you know, all of this stuff that limits people's ability to make choices on their own. Um, so I, I just don't know how you can claim that that system is somehow better. Uh, and um, uh, Anyway, I'm, I'm not articulating this very well, obviously. I've just sort of tried to piece this together at the last minute, but yeah. Okay. Um, I did just want to tie that in the other thing um that is sort of coming out and i'm sure that that a lot of the very intelligent people that comment on um you know america's current issues with racism and our history with racism um there's a really good it's a good blog post to read a friend of mine posted this up on facebook and, um, it's the, the blog site is called Dunker Punks and, um, oh, what's the author's name? Uh, I just found this today. So it was Emmett Eldred. Um, mm-hmm. and the title of the piece is we haven't earned the right to call white supremacy un American. And he goes on to say that, you know, I, I think, and I'm, I'm going to try to summarize this and, and I you know, forgive me if I do this injustice, but it's a point I think that that needs to be made and that we're you know we tie into here. Um, <clears throat> it's very easy for leaders and commentators uh, to come out and denounce white supremacists uh, and, and bigotry and racism and uh, as they should. but that's just kind of on the surface. If we're going to denounce those, you know, visual uh, manifestations of, of inequality and, and bigotry and racism, then we also have to address a lot of this, all all of the structural issues that we have in this country. And a lot of that has to do, the first thing that comes to my mind is the racist drug war Um, and, you know, we have policies set in place that disproportionately disadvantage black and brown folks and women and immigrants, uh, and, you know, all of these things are parts of, it's basically structural racism. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I, I, after reading this, I was also kind of watching the news coverage of stuff and I'm listening to, to commentators, people who are, uh, you know, who have been, Talking about this for years, there are, are African American people on the TV who have been living this for years, right. and they all sort of stop short of actually getting into let's have a real conversation about fixing the system. You can't. So <laughs> that's, I think it's
0: going to be a forever conversation. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, I, I think that. Well, I, I think that that I think we're on to something here with this whole harm reduction thing. <clears throat> and I, I think it, you know, it and it's and this, you know this directly affects, you know, our people. You know, uh, smoking disproportionately affects minorities, LGBT people, um, you know, low-income people, and the policies that have been enacted to coercively move people away from smoking disproportionately affect those groups. Um, mainly because of income, but also because, um, you know, one of the big conversations I believe in uh, New York was about smoke-free housing. Um, you know, if, if some if boring. someone if someone has some friends over and somebody lights up a cigarette and the neighbors complain, uh, you know, and the landlord doesn't like black people. Now the landlord's got an excuse to evict that person. Those are, I mean, that's kind of an extreme example or a, mm-hmm. an extreme hypothetical, but it's not out of the realm of possibilities. There was also a lot of discussion. You know, one of the bills that I don't believe passed in that package of tobacco ordinances in New York was uh, it was an ordinance that prohibited anyone under the age of any, and it prohibited anyone smoking in a vehicle with someone under the age of fourteen as a passenger. Okay. And, uh, you know, NYPD and some other people were, you know, speaking out against this and saying, you don't need to give cops another reason to pull a minority person over. Um, This is bad policy. So, you know, these, again, these tobacco control policies tend to disproportionately negatively impact minorities and lower income people. And so, what we, CASA, and our members and, and the trade associations, and all of these people, all these wonderful people that sell these wonderful products, are proposing is that we provide people with options, safer alternatives. And it's not much. I mean, we're not going to save the world with, uh, with a mod, but um, I, I feel that that type of approach, that strategy, um it, it's not just it's not exclusive to just smoking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And um yeah. I, I think I think there's some lessons to be learned uh, in other issue areas um from the, the harm reduction movement, if you will. Sure. So
0: no, I mean it, it makes sense to me. I, I think if you look at the was it the plenary speech, the open plenary, the opening plenary speech, from um, the one Ethan Nadelman made? You, yeah. you can tell he is very unhappy um, that the policy change has not happened quickly enough, and that it's affected so many people. Yeah. and everything that's happening to all of us, the, the drug war, all of this stuff. It's going to continue to affect us until we have a, I want to say shift of consciousness, but maybe that's what it is. Um, Where the law is not the answer to everything. Sometimes it's just people helping people.
1: Yeah, I mean, if anything, the law should help facilitate resources to things that work. And then you know we're going to get into a conversation about well how do we measure what works and and we're going to segue into Australia here in a bit but <laughs> <laughs> you know it's it's to some extent d- depending on people's strongly held convictions um, what works can sort of depend on one's ideology um, and you know we we have activist scientists now who, who are, well we've had them for years I'm sure but. We have activist scientists out there who are continuing to push and generating, you know, biased, uh, you know, journal articles out there that um, suggesting that that uh, you know the status quo, just more of it and harder, is is going to continue to lower smoking rates, um, but you know we're, we're we're gathering an evidence base. Um, certainly another issue areas and and when we will have we're just going to continue to have more evidence about uh, tobacco harm reduction um, sure. that 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 a change is needed and if we're going to get below these goals of you know 10% smoking rates or what whatever um, that we're going to need a different strategy you can't just you can't just tax and ban people um, into submission it doesn't work humans just don't we don't work like that not yeah not in a free society. No. Um, so.
0: Oh, I agree with you. Um, in a society where everything's illegal, we still don't work that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 will refer our our listeners back to the failed racist war on drugs. Works so. for me. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so I know, um, I said, uh, I was going to segue into Australia.
0: Oh, yes. Um, okay, yes.
1: <laughs> I guess, yeah, we should, we should probably just go right there. That'll keep okay. the flow going. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll probably refer more to your, your, uh, information on this. Um, as I, as I have sort of loosely paid attention to it, but, okay. um, the, the news out of Australia is, uh, uh, confirming, I guess, validating for, for mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that, that we've been saying and other experts have been saying um, for the past several years, uh, <laughs> perhaps a decade or more, um, that more prohibition and more coercion does not work. Um, for the first time, uh, well, the quote that you gave me was, for the first time since anti-smoking campaigns were introduced, um, the number of smokers in Australia has increased, by more than twenty-one thousand people, um, just to give you some kind of perspective, there. I I quickly Googled um, the the population of Australia, which is uh, twenty-four point one three million as of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's those are exact uh, census numbers or just uh, estimate, but so that's roughly what is it two point four million people who smoke in. Uh, Australia, uh, depending on how they, uh, like you were saying. um,
0: It's uh, usually tax receipts is how they gauge it.
1: So yeah, that Australia is hovering at that 10% smoking rate, um, which is, I, I think Carl had gone into this and some other, you know, THR folks had said that, you know, if any, if countries hope to get smoking rates down below 10%, you have to look to a harm reduction strategy, yeah. um, which Australia certainly is not looking towards a harm reduction strategy. <laughs> no, and, um, you know, looking at the other information, I think in some of the, in these articles, it was saying that uh, since 2013, the, the number of smokers has sort of gone up mm-hmm. each year. Yeah. And... Um, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of interesting how all of these changes seem to be sort of starting around 2013 when vaping became sort of mainstream. It, I mean, that was the year that Enjoy had their Super Bowl ad. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And uh, that was the year that I, you know, stumbled upon e-cigarettes. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's that's a very interesting thing. And uh, how much how much is a pack of cigarettes in Australia?
0: Oh, Hang on. Hang on. Uh, let me grab that for you. Keep talking. <laughs> I will get you a number.
1: <laughs> oh. I i think I saw at around $25. So, uh, I mean, it's not, uh, you know, New York isn't there yet, but all of this stuff is relative. So, you know, New York City just set the price, the price floor at $13. Previously, it was at $10. Um I'm not exactly sure what a pack of smokes costs in the rest of the state, but New York city, it will cost you at least $13. Um, I know that when I, I lived in Brooklyn for a short time, um, a pack of cigarettes ran me $12 um, and that was outrageous.
0: I stuck something in the chat for you.
1: Okay. $40. Holy cow. Oh, we'll soon have to pay soon. $40. Yeah,
0: they're not that much yet. They're getting there.
1: Okay, so by 2020, you're going to pay $40 for a pack. I mean, why just like, why bother? Why bother raising the price? Just ban it already. Like, yeah. d- there's no, you can't, there's, it's just veiled prohibition. And, yeah. you know, what we're seeing now is, you know, the, 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 I, I go back to plain packs, you know, like the plain pack strategy ended up becoming just trading cards for 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 kids, sure. basically, um, and adults, by the way. Um, and uh, of course, there were those little uh, hacks that you could, you know, the covers you could use to put your cigarette packs in, so you didn't have to look at the gross pictures. Um, and so now you just raise the cost to the point where. You know, first of all, whenever you make a product uh, so expensive that, uh, you know, the, 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 the black market sellers, uh, you know, the risk becomes more worth it. I know there are more elegant words to explain that, but, right. um, you know, the, the more that they can get for it on the black market the, 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 bigger, the payoff for the risk that they're taking. So sure. A, you know. a pack
0: of cigarettes right now in Sydney costs $27. Ooh. Yeah.
1: And yes. yet, <laughs> 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 so, and, and I think you were saying this before we came on was, you know, this is, uh, y- you know, the, if you're looking at the tax receipts, then the smoking mm-hmm. rate goes down. But yes. that doesn't tell the whole story. That just tells you the people that are buying cigarettes through legal channels. Yes. It's the folks that are not purchasing yeah. them from legal channels. And, and to be perfectly honest, if, we, if we're going to be honest with ourselves that if it, I, you know, I don't know how the survey was conducted and to finding the number of smokers in, in Australia, but if something is so illegal the chances of people accurately self-reporting are going to go down. So yeah. we could be talking about more than 21,000 more smokers in Australia. Exactly. Um, and I think we know this from surveys with, with young people, you know, kids lie yeah. kids, you know, kids aren't going to tell you that they smoke or, or use whatever.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so. They aren't uh, the only ones who are going to lie. Adults yeah. are going to lie
1: too. Yeah. I mean, considering, you know, whatever the penalties are, um, which actually I saw another article and I, I'm pretty sure I closed it um, there was a town that um, damn it now I feel like an idiot. Um, I saw it earlier this morning there was a town that uh, criminalizes possession for anyone under the 18 under okay. the age of 18 and they raised. Uh, the fine from $100 to $500 uh, you can get out of paying the fine. If you go to, you know, their three hour reeducation okay. camp um, for kids. Right. Um, I'll, I'll have to track that down and. Uh, okay. And uh, get that. But, uh, you know, that's another thing, you know, that we are, you know, this ties into, again, you know, we can bring this back to to race and minorities and and all of this stuff um, over and over and over again. Criminalizing possession means that minorities are going to be disproportionately targeted. um, So...
0: Mankato, California. It would be a misdemeanor for 18, 19, and 20-year-olds to use and even possess tobacco products in Mankato, not just unlawful for them to purchase them under proposed ordinance that could be passed in less than two weeks. Uh, Even Lobila, which is like Indian tobacco that people use to quit smoking. If you're under 21, uh, North Mankato is... Going to find you
1: now. Is that that sounds like um Minnesota? Mankato is Minnesota. Okay. I feel like this was from Minnesota, and and I
0: it might be it's 70 there right now, so it's probably Minnesota. But I thought Mankato was in I thought there was a Mankato in well, yeah, thought there was one in California to a Mankato, but uh, We've got a California native in the chat
1: here. They would probably know. Yeah, this was different. This was about raising the um, raising the fine. Yeah, Um, I feel like um, that might be it. Okay, go
0: ahead.
1: Apologize. I'm not more prepared for this segment, but uh, um, (laughs) um, but I mean, since we brought up Mankato and North Mankato. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, Skip Murray from Minnesota shared, uh, an article with me today about the two towns. Um, obviously one is sort of part of the other, but not really okay. run by the same people. Um, but, uh, so North Mankato is having a problem passing their tobacco 21 ordinance, and uh, there seems to be sort of some procedural issues between the two cities, and of course, not not really being you know they're not singing singing from the same hymnal. Um, but uh, North Mankato is is probably not going to pass the Tobacco Twenty One ordinance, okay. um, and so that was interesting news. Not necessarily good news because it's sort of it, it's just I, I think there was. There was a, like I said, kind of a procedural um, issue there. Um, so, yeah. The other thing that Skip shared with me today was uh, another kind of Mankato area, um, town, or, or city. Uh, and I, I feel like I'm going to mess this up. But Le, Sur, Le Sur. Uh, small town. Uh, okay. between Mankato and the Twin Cities um, and we have a few members there. I sent them an email today. Um, but uh, the City Council is a bit split on adopting Tobacco 21 and uh, the, the article that I read and I'll share it with you in the chat um, Council Host Tobacco Sale Discussion um, from the LeSueur New- News Herald Um <clears throat> you know, they've, they've sort of heard, it, it sounds like I get the impression that they have heard the arguments. They've heard the impact of small businesses. They've heard the personal liberty arguments, and that's all that they've sort of considered, but it doesn't sound like anybody has made the harm reduction argument, which is that if you regulate cigarettes and low risk, smoke-free products, the same, right. then you're sending, you're basically misinforming the public about the risks and you are discouraging people from switching to a safer alternative. Right. Um, so uh, I don't know if we actually have any active listeners in that town where there's only three or four people there that are CASA members. Um, okay. But uh, I definitely sent them an email today asking if anyone would like to um, get some instruction about approaching the city council and making that harm reduction argument, because Clearly, That's... they have not contemplated it.
0: Yeah. Can, can I tell you, I found your article. Can I just read the pertinent parts for you? Mm. Yeah. Grandview Heights is a small suburb of Ohio's capital on the Scioto River with about 7,000 residents. The city council recently sought to, quote, increase awareness for the danger of tobacco products and discourage gateway behavior, end quote. At first, the council passed an ordinance to criminalize possession and use of tobacco products by persons under 21 years old even though it is legal for 18- to 21-year-olds to smoke outside city limits. That conduct would have been a misdemeanor punishable by mandatory attendance of a smoking education class, community service, or up to a $100 fine. Councilman Ed Hastie protested, you realize we've actually made it a crime for a 19-year-old to have a smoke in this city. Some councilmen professed that there was no intent to enforce the law, but the trust us approach to law enforcement should arouse skepticism for no other reason than our government is based on the rule of law and not the whim of prosecutors. The city council ended up with an ordinance that criminalizes the sale of tobacco products to individuals under 21 years old. First time violators will receive a warning. A second violation is a fourth degree misdemeanor punished by 30 days in jail or $250. Fine.
1: That's not it. <laughs> well. <laughs> no, this was, uh... I feels so
0: I'm, the, the I'm just, worst thing the worst thing about this one i i know what you i think i know what you're talking about but the worst thing about this one is the city limits are across the street from each other so where you've made it illegal nice. to smoke on one side of the street somebody can walk right over to the other side of the street and buy cigarettes and smoke yeah <laughs> there's an irony there
1: yeah i'll have to track that down it was you know if it's it's not monumental but uh you know, it fits into, you know, our position on, you know, criminalizing possession is is bad. Yes. Um, we oppose that. So, um, and especially when there are such steep fines associated with it. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: you know, it's not so much, I, I don't, first of all, I mean, you have that obvious, you know, interaction with law enforcement that can mm-hmm. be very risky for certain people sure. um, if you are under 18 and smoking. Um, but there are also the, the fines that are associated with this. And they are sort of presenting this as, you know, as a compromise, you know, rather than playing, than paying this $500 fine, you can attend this re-education seminar and, um, and learn about how tobacco is awful and horrible and ruining your life uh, <laughs> for three hours. And, and we'll, we'll waive the fine. Well, for certain young people, um, this may mean for them, depending on when it is, it could mean that they're missing work. Uh, they they would have to call off for a shift. it could disrupt things for their employment. Uh, yeah. Maybe they have to miss an athletic practice. I know you don't want to. Be- I know uh, some people don't want to believe it, but smokers do participate in athletics. Yes. Um, it, they could be missing family commitments. Whatever. There's a whole host of scheduling issues that pop up there that could negatively impact their lives and. Um, you know, and not just a casual way. Um, And you can sit there and say, well, you should have thought about that before you lit up a cigarette. Well, if that was, if it was that simple, if we could all just say no, then we wouldn't be talking about this, but it's not that simple. And it's a lot more complicated than that. And putting these types of penalties on young people, um, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, especially, you know, with, with, uh, you know, minorities and low income people, um, is uh it's cruel it, it's just there it i think cruel. there's some there's some pretty serious ethics questions there and um you know i know everybody kind of wants to get their pound of flesh but it's just not productive anymore uh, mm-hmm. or it really never was um so uh mm-hmm. and i regrettably i don't remember the name of the town that this is happening in. so um
0: there's plenty uh, of them. That was just one of many to pick from. That's Yeah. The you know, yeah,
1: just looking around, we found a bunch of stuff. So, um, yeah. so yeah, this is, uh, yeah, the tobacco 21 stuff raises new issues and, and certainly, you know, city councils are going to be considering whether or not they need to criminalize possession. I know, you know, New York talked about it. Um, and, uh, some of the States are talking about it. They tend to stray away from it. Um, but, uh, you never know. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just one more kind of dimension to, to all of this Raising the Age um, discussion. Right. Um, so where where were we here? So we did all that. Right. Um,
0: Prohibition, I've... bad.
1: Prohibition. <laughs>
0: bad. bad. Exactly.
1: <laughs> um, and Minnesota. Um, the stuff is kind of moving along there, I believe, kind of, at the towards the end of August there were some hearings that were rescheduled and into September um so some of the municipal discussions will be coming back around here shortly um oh Maine
0: <laughs> oh god Maine yes yeah.
1: so i guess last week uh i had mentioned that uh Maine the the legislature overrode the governor's veto of the tobacco 21 bill. Um, So I should start by saying that governor LePage wisely vetoed the uh, tobacco 21 bill, uh, sent it back to the legislature and they overrode his veto. Uh, And then was it over the weekend or (laughs) on Friday or something recently? uh, Governor LePage made a statement, I guess on a radio show that a threat that he would introduce a bill raising the age to vote and get a driver's license and something else, uh, to 21. Oh, join the military. Um, and, uh, whether or not he was serious, it's, you know, likely he was just kind of blowing off some steam, but, um, you know, he's got a point. And, uh, so I I thought that that was a pretty, um, bold response from a governor. We haven't seen a governor make that statement before. No. Um, so, uh, kudos to Governor LePage for.
0: Well, I think I almost think he kind of had to because he he held off on signing that bill because he didn't think it was correct. It's its course of behavior, and it's for no good reason. You know, he, I think to not to save face, but so he didn't look like a hypocrite. He had to propose those other things. You know, it's what's <sighs> True for one thing should be true for the others, I guess. Yeah. Raising the age of adulthood from 18 to 21, college age for adulthood, I guess. That's what Audrey Silk would call it.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I've, I think I've casually written about this as well. I mean, you know, it, if we're going to make this argument that your brain is not um, developed enough at the age of 18, to, to handle uh, a, a chemical like nicotine or to, to, to even make the decision uh, as to whether or not you're going to smoke or what kind of self-medication you might be uh, dabbling in, right. um, then, then how, how can you say that an 18-year-old has the mental capacity to decide whether or not to go to war? Very true. They should also
0: be um, kept off jury duty and not allowed to vote and a whole host of other things.
1: I, I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's, as a, being a voter is, you may not, we may not think about it, but being a voter is a tremendous amount of responsibility. Um, you are, you are electing leaders who are going to make decisions that affect potentially generations. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to put that in the hands of uh, a, a young person Whose brain is not fully developed seems wildly irresponsible so um so should we have that should we have that discussion
0: i don't know but the the (laughs) to hear that coming from anybody who's basically in power in in maine or, or anywhere it's just it's refreshing to hear it come from a politician and not one of us yeah it's kinda nice. I kinda I, I enjoyed it. That was quite a bold stand.
1: Yeah.
0: Even if nothing comes from it.
1: <laughs> so we can add Maine to the list and I believe also Oregon. So now we have is it five states? Five. Hawaii, California, yeah, California. oh yeah, New Jersey, Jersey. Maine, Maine, and Oregon. Yeah. Um so uh, we have five states that passed Tobacco 21, three of them this year. Yeah. By the way, m- I believe more than a dozen states rejected 20- Tobacco 21 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so good work to everybody who uh, participated in, in opposing those bills. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that kind of, Brings me to the end of the kind of the news and update portion, um, okay. and, and and like I said, I I had I originally planned to have something to start this off, but it seemed a bit inappropriate given the current events. So um, <laughs> we talked about something else, um, and, and I I, I want to make it clear that you know this is a very upfront ask, um, and and you know we really do have a need here. Uh, we are actively asking people for contributions to CASA. Um we have reached a point, you know, we, we have yeah. built our, 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 our toolbox. We have worked, you know, very hard to build our membership over the past couple of years. Um, I mean, on all the years preceding that, it's just, we've had more tools at our disposal for the past three years in order to build the membership to over 200,000 people. Um, and so, uh, but that doesn't come without a cost. Yeah. And so we need, to, we need to reach out to our membership and ask for donations so that we can continue to maintain um, our, our membership and, and maintain our engagement and education efforts. Um, this is, uh, you know, I know that there's a lot of, you know, the question that people should ask before giving money to an organization is, well, show me your track record. Um, and it, it is incredibly difficult to demonstrate a winning track record in this field. Um, but I can tell you that you know, a good example is the fact that twelve states had tobacco twenty-one fail. That's not, you know, Casa isn't going to claim credit for that. The and the states that we were most engaged in, um, you know, California passed tobacco twenty-one, Hawaii passed tobacco twenty-one, Oregon passed tobacco twenty-one. Um, and the reason we got engaged in those states is because the the deck was stacked against us from the beginning and we had to push and we had to, we had to get people engaged as much as we possibly could. Um, And, and I, I don't like to sit, I don't like to say, you know, we know, we knew we were going to lose something on that. I didn't, I didn't know. I thought that Oregon actually was going to change their mind about things. um, And it turned out to be a much harder battle. Uh, And, um, you know, the folks who were, who were really fighting on the ground there, um, worked very hard at that, but had to, you know, eventually kind of take what they got um, on the bright side that no tax in Oregon this year. So um, but I, I it, it's very easy for me to just kind of go very go down various rabbit hole. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we do have an urgent need to um, get our budget filled for 2017, 2018. Um, and
0: it's going to be harder in 2018. It's going to be much harder,
1: yeah. You said it yourself
0: last week. The the reason it's going to be so much harder is because it seems like we're getting a tiny bit of, of leeway from the FDA, and the states are just going to push back even harder. They're going to come at us harder, more full force,
1: yeah. You know, I mean, looking at the announcement. FDA and you know I I think everybody looked at this and said I I breathed a bit of a a, a sigh of relief and said you know awesome the the industry has an additional four years to come into compliance with PMTAs but there are still just a whole host of issues especially at the federal regulatory level uh, Mm -hmm. in in getting through that application process modified risk is going to be a huge discussion flavors are going to be a huge discussion Battery safety is going to be all of this stuff is is coming. It's going to be in the pipeline, and yeah. as those rules are discussed and and made available for public comment, organization CASA is going to need to engage our members. The trade associations are going to need to be able to engage their members, and so you know, in order to do that, there there are some expenses associated with that, um, and and we need to make sure we have that covered. And like you said, um, any anything that we gain in a positive direction for vaping, the opponents are going to fight back that much harder. And they have, they have the infrastructure to do it at the local level. Yeah.
0: (laughs) They've got Um, money. Like we, we can't even imagine.
1: Yeah. They have, uh, grants
0: from the government They have things we will never have. We just have us.
1: Yeah. The amount of money that they spend on their advocacy platforms is, uh, probably, well, I don't know how many different subscriptions they have to it. So it goes up a lot per subscription or per user. Well,
0: sure. Um, but I mean, but it's not just it's, that. They're, Go ahead.
1: they're using relatively similar programs that we are, uh, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, the fact that they have, they have chapters and branches and staff at each one of these things. Um, you know, they have, you know, all of, all of the expenses that they are they out they outspend this entire the entire vapor advocacy space by <laughs> millions and millions of dollars.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and so I, I I would say that you know uh, for any of the folks out there who think that CASA is rolling in money,
0: I would <laughs> I, I
1: would say, well, I'm going to take that as a compliment because it means that we're making this look easy, um, and it is certainly not. And um, I, I just you know, well, would like to say that, you know, at least I think that says something about our professionalism and, um, and, and, and our. You have a real but, commitment,
0: uh, a commitment to it. And, you know, I think people maybe don't <clears throat> realize like you and, and Julie do the bulk of the work and Julie is unpaid. And the only reason that you know you got hired is because she could not do it all alone she was literally drowning under all this stuff it's too much yeah and i'm not i'm not saying that she wouldn't if she could have she would have it's too hard there's too much we're literally swimming in a legislative drowning pool
1: Yeah. It's a lot for a couple of people to handle. um, And, but it's, you know, it's, it's all we can afford. Uh, And, and, you know, know, after years of doing this, the the number of people that have actually um, stepped up and been able to, uh, first of all, stepped up, second of all, been qualified or able to, to do this um, on a volunteer basis uh, has been slim to none so mm-hmm. um I, I know that the people are out there and maybe we just haven't reached them yet um or maybe they uh have not felt invited to to do the work i don't know um but uh it's uh yeah it's it it's an urgent need and and uh so we're or as it's 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 actually very easy to donate and i'm not we're not asking for the moon here um you know it's uh you know a five dollar donation from lots of people can go a very long way
0: or yeah. a dollar donation from every member would go a really long way.
1: I, I was told, you know, when I was reading about like stuff like that early on, that, that that's a bit of a fundraising myth, that if you plan your fundraising strategy around, well, if everybody just gave us a dollar, if everybody gave us a dollar, we'd be fine for a couple of years, honestly. It's,
0: that's um, not true, but I'm saying it would yeah. go, even a dollar helps.
1: It, it does. Uh, and, but I, I don't know, we through our system, we use PayPal. PayPal. Um, so, or you know, checks are good, um, but uh, it, it is actually very easy. It's kasaw.org forward slash donate, um, and I uh, would encourage people to make recurring monthly donations. Um, certainly, the mo- the money that uh, that we've saved from not smoking anymore um, could be put towards a good cause. Um, so, so yeah, I, I I I present that number one is an opportunity to reach. You know the folks that listen to this um, to spread the word that we we do actually need donations to keep going, uh, and also as sort of a heads up to folks that uh, we'll be reaching out over the next couple of weeks, um, you know, to to ask for for contributions, and we greatly appreciate it, and um, and 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 use those dollars sparingly. Uh, I mean, it's that there is no. Uh, you know our expenses are, are accounted for, and we have to, uh, and and we want to. We want people to know that that you know we are we are using these contributions to advance our cause, to engage as many people as possible, get them connected with lawmakers, and put the right information in their hands so that they can effectively advocate for access to low risk tobacco and nicotine
0: products that was hard wasn't it <laughs> no i mean i think it's it's really hard to say that you know i i know i get the feeling that, that to say that has to be hard it feels um, hard to hear it and know it's going to go out to the public because i know what our internal discussions are like
1: right yeah, it's you know, I'm not one to ask for, for money. I don't I don't really personally like the idea of fundraising, which is why we haven't done it. I, I mean no. it's it's been a necessity and, and I have to say that uh, um, I, I can't say that I've procrastinated. I've just put it off. Um, I don't think you've to, put it
0: off. You look at the amount of legislation you've had to wade through, all the stuff you've had to read, the calls to action you've had to put out day after day after day. Even if you had time, you know? Yeah. Really. When could you have done it effectively?
1: Yeah. So (laughs) um, begin the journey, the long journey of learning how to um, keep this organization afloat. Uh, And, um, you know, yeah, but we, we rely on people and, and I, I I would like to really emphasize another point here, which is that, um, you know, there was some discussion about, you know, who should claim credit for, uh, the decision by the FDA to extend the PMTA deadline. God's and, um, you know, from from where we're sitting, none of this happens without our members' participation. No. And so it's, it's all about you. It's all about the number of people who get engaged, get educated, and share that information with their lawmakers, um, which is why, you know, getting back to tracking success... I measure our success in the number of members that we have engaged. Um, right now, that is the most important thing. And that is going to put us in a good position to get these laws fixed going forward. Um, the, you know, we, we, Everybody worked together to buy some extra time. And now we have this opportunity. And now we need to grow it. We need to keep growing our numbers we need to keep getting voices in front of policymakers mm-hmm. and um and, and we need to start fixing some of the damage that's been done. Amen. So.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: With that rousing speech, that's <laughs> <laughs> probably a good place to end.
0: Okay. Um thank you Alex <clears throat> for everything you do for us and thank you for coming on tonight and thank you for doing that last part. I know it was really not the easiest thing in the world to do, but um, um, still, it's. I think it's good for people to know that they're needed. Yeah, Need you can't do it without them.
1: And appreciated.
0: Yes, definitely appreciated. So I will let you go and get back to picking through legislation and, and all the fun stuff that you do on a daily basis. <laughs> and thank you for all of that. And we will see you next week. Awesome. Um, thank you. Thanks. You, thank you. You can get CASA updates by going to CASA.org and scrolling down on the front page to where it says podcasts. They come up in reverse descending order. You can get CASA's updates by going to SoundCloud and looking for CASA Media. You can get CASA's updates by going to the Apple iTunes Podcast Store and looking for CASA Media. You can import those feeds To your favorite podcast software and it will let you know when there's a new episode available so you will always know the very latest about what kasa is doing for you thank you for listening have a good evening